So welcome back to How You Slice It. Uh, you may have seen sportswear giant Fila just dropped a limited edition set of sneakers in collaboration with this amazing institution. It's a Bronx-based pizza shop, Louis and Ernie's. Those of us who know the shop itself, we're obviously not surprised. Uh, this is a shop that's been open since 1947 and has been serving the Pelham Bay neighborhood in the Bronx for over six decades. And today I'm just really excited for Victoria Tiso to join me and, and tell the story of Louis and Ernie's. And congratulations on, on your role, in essence, running the shop day to day. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm excited to chat about that. And uh, you showed us your sneakers, so I can't wait for us to kind of show that to, you know, any any listeners who have not seen this. These sneakers are incredible. I mean, they just scream pizza. Yeah, 100%. And style. So welcome. And uh, yeah, would love to maybe share a quick background on yourself. How did you how did you end up at Louis and Ernie's? Uh, I mean, I know the story, but <laughs> it would be great to hear it from you. Yeah, so the business itself has been in the Bronx since uh, now 1959. It originally opened in Harlem in 47. Mm. It was on First Avenue. And at that point, the Bronx was pretty much farmland. And in 59, they decided to go up, try to take a stab at the Bronx. And it was an old candy shop. So they had to convert it over to a pizzeria at that point. And Ernie, who actually learned how to make pizza from his father, Patsy, they ran into a little bit of a snag. It couldn't be called Patsy's because Patsy's was already on First Avenue right. at that point. Right. So Louis and Ernie essentially came from Patsy's son's names, which was Louis and Ernie. That's amazing. So Ernie ended up really evolving the business going up in 59, trying to make it in this like farm area. And he did. I mean, the line was out the door. I think pizza was five cents at the time. And my dad, John, and my uncle Kaz ended up coming over from Italy at that time in the 70s. And they started working for Ernie. They learned everything from starting from rolling dough, essentially learning the whole business from... That's the, amazing. Yeah, top to bottom. Yep. So at that point, uh, my dad took over in 87. My dad was 20. And my uncle was 18. He was just just graduating high school. Yep. So my grandma was like, listen, this is a great opportunity. You have to you have to buy the business. Unfortunately, Ernie was sick and he had two daughters. Mm. He didn't have any sons. So it's a little different now that my dad had daughters and my uncle is like the ultimate girl dad. He has three, three girls. My brother, my brother went on to do different things. And he was like, listen, you can conquer the pizza world. Yeah. So uh, at that point, from 87 to now, throughout the years, it's been like a whirlwind of like emotions. We've gone from having different staff members go on to open their own pizzerias. We've had people leave altogether the yeah. pizza industry, but mm -hmm. they still always come back. Any, we can pick <laughs> up the phone right now and call any one of our workers and they'll come back they'll tomorrow come back. to help us out. My, yeah. my uncle's big on, you know, trying to always keep like a good relationship between of your course. workers. So I, I uh, was in, I worked for uh, college athletics. Okay. So I went on to school. I got a great gig playing softball in college. and Amazing. Yeah, I did that for a while and was always kind of staying true to my roots. I loved trying new pizza. Never really found good pizza outside of the city. But um, then at that point, I came back. I was like, all right, Dad, I'm going to work here full time. <laughs> I said, if I'm coming back, I got to learn everything. Because yeah. at that point, I wasn't making pizza. So I said, all right, I'm going to come back. I'm going to make pizza. Learn how to make learn pizza. everything. Yeah. From soup to nuts. I was like, I'm doing thing. this all. Yeah. And it's taken me now like almost five years mm -hmm. later, and I've been doing everything. Yeah. We've incorporated social media, things that we never had. Yeah. So I said, listen, the world's evolving. We have to evolve with it. I couldn't agree more, by the way. We'll zoom in on that whole topic. Yeah. Because I think uh, there's this fallacy where any business, not just pizza shops. Yeah. I think they, they, they believe that what got them to a certain point is what will get them to a new milestone. Mm -hmm. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Very true. Um, so we'll zoom in on that topic, yeah. but yeah, so you've taken taken over the shop over the last five years. Obviously, part of it is 
all about maintaining this this brand and institution that is Louis and Ernie's uh, and and obviously living up to that to those expectations while at the same time making the necessary adjustments it's 2022 right and you know you've got to explore some of these new new frontiers I also want to highlight we had a we've had a couple of guests here and there aren't that many female pizzeria owners slash operators no. um, and I believe the last time we had a we had a session here. It was either with Nicole Russell or or perhaps Miriam Weiskind. I think the number was like less than five. Yep. Um, I would love to get your perspective on whether, you know, what do you see in terms of the future of, of pizza from a from a female operator standpoint? And has it been challenging for you? What do you think are the barriers? How do we break those barriers? Uh, that's something that I'd love your perspective on. I think that there's always been almost like a little bit of a stigma Mm-hmm. Of just saying like, oh, it's a pizza man or a pizza guy. Like it's just it's been part of the culture. People don't realize that there are women out there doing it. Sometimes they're behind the scenes. Yep. Like I think my grandma probably could have done it a hundred percent. She was just that type of workhorse. But it's always grandma's recipe too. Exactly. So <laughs> someone somewhere down the line, yeah. there was probably a female perspective behind it. They just yeah. never got the credit. I think now the hardest part of me transitioning from moving over from being a waitress and moving over from really a behind the scenes thing and being in that element of pizza. When people walk in, they first see me, they're like, wait a minute, where are the boys? Where's where's your dad? Where's your uncle? And yeah. I'm like, they can't do this forever. They're getting older. So right. somebody has to learn. Yeah. And I think sometimes there's a little bit of shock. Mm. And there's like this initial, I don't know if she can do it. I don't know what changes in people's worlds, but it's funny to see that at this point we've come full circle. Like people have watched me grow up in the shop. Yeah. So now they're seeing like the next generation slowly taking over. Even my little cousin's learning now too. So it's been a little bit of a transitional period for me. Also to not want to be like, I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> like you, these are like customers that have been around forever and you want to have that retention with them. I mean, that's the simplicity of the business being around for so long is that you're having that customer retention. For me, being a woman in pizza, I think the hardest part is just accepting that some people will be okay with it and some people won't be, and that's okay. As long as the product that I'm putting out is the same product that my dad and uncle put out, then I'm very content with that. Yeah, and it takes... that strong personality and that that approach that you have to continue to blaze the trail for future operators. Right. Look, I have a daughter and it'd be amazing if she owned a pizza shop and ran a pizza shop at some point. So I I think just being able to continue to, you know, provide a platform and a voice for for great operators like you is... uh, is really important to me. So uh, I want to thank you for that. And then, yeah, tell us a little bit about, you know, just sort of the transition that you've, uh, that you've embarked on the last five years. What has been like the most surprising aspect and also what has been the most challenging? I think the most surprising has been the accessibility to reaching so many customers around the world. I think we always had this idea of how many people we've interacted with throughout the years. I never knew what to get my dad for Father's Day. So I got him this big map that I'm very proud of. And we get the track where everybody comes from in the country. And now we've gone. I love that. We've come. We (laughs) we only are missing one state, South Dakota. Can we get South Dakota? We need some South Dakota. Let's do it. So South Dakota is the only state that we're missing. And we've almost got all seven continents minus Antarctica. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) we've had a lot of people come through Scott Wiener's tours. We've had people coming on different uh, tours themselves. We did a five-barrow bike tour, which we got a lot of people. So there's been different events that go on through Instagram and social media that we weren't on five years ago. Mm. So with me building the platform online, whether it be on Facebook or being on Instagram, we kind of took off from there. So that was been most of the, I guess, generational moving on from right the transition exactly uh that was really a pivotal point i think that the accessibility of meeting new people 
And now I can talk to people from all over. They'll be like, oh, we miss your pizza. We're in California. Oh, we miss your pizza. I'm in Hawaii. Wow. Some, some people sending me pictures of, you know, them eating pizza somewhere else. And they're like, oh, it's just not as good. I'm not like, but good. you know what? It's cool that we have that ability. I sent, I had somebody send me a full arm sleeve of tattoos from Louis and Ernie's. I would love to see that. They That's did, amazing. Yeah, they did a like a tribute to like their childhood and they're living out in Arizona now. And I'm like, no way. Send me the picture. That That's the most special part about like pizza shops. I think this is why it's just so, so different than any other category, any other like shop or, or food category or restaurant type. There's a an emotional connection people have with their local pizzerias that are representative of like celebrations, right. you know, wonderful memories, maybe even challenging times, but there was always a pizza shop and a counter like this one where you yep. can just go sit down and have a slice. Yeah. So I think that's, that's pretty cool how we've come from there. And so what has been the most difficult sort of aspect of it? I think the most difficult was probably just getting through the pandemic. I mm. mean, I feel like everyone had their ups and downs throughout there. We probably waited the longest to try to adapt. We didn't do any delivery at that point. Right. And we were really trying to like stick to our roots. We're like, no delivery, cash only. Pick we're not only. changing this. Yep. We're just going to make it work. And initially, I'm kind of glad that we didn't do delivery at first because yep. it still allowed us to see the customer base that we were missing. A lot of people, I think, were trapped in their house and they got so they got so wrapped up in just having everything delivered to them that they forgot that there was a life outside. And unfortunately, during the time, it was hard to think of having life. But yep. seeing those people once a week that you used to see all the time, yeah. it was nice to just catch up with people. Otherwise, it got a little monotonous. Yeah. And it gave them a, a, a reason to kind of Come go out. outside, venture out for venture 10 minutes, out. pick we up got a to pie. see people walking around. We got to see kids that some of them we didn't see. They were babies and then they were starting to walk outside. So, that's right. you know, you, you definitely have that rapport and relationship with these people that initially you're watching generations go on. So it was nice to obviously have that, but it was definitely the hardest part of the pandemic was adapting to what we needed to be successful. Yeah. And any challenges with labor and people like not having enough people to you know serve customers? Right. Our staff is like pretty much all family at this point. We have a couple of guys that work for us who are fantastic. They've been with us for a while. Um, but our family is very big. Yeah. My dad and my uncle obviously have their sets of kids yeah. at work. And then my aunt is my dad's sister. Right. Her son actually owns a pizza place too. Okay. My uncle. So everyone kind of pitches in. We're like the pizza family. Yeah. So no matter what, we kind of always like figure it that. out. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's never easy to find anyone. We feel all the time you could put a job out there, but does anyone really want to do the work? Sometimes it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to yeah. find people that are either willing to do the work, skilled enough to do the labor, have the time frame. Everyone's families are different now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, two people are working in the home. So you definitely have your challenges where labor and then just the cost of goods rising every day is where you start to figure out, is it worth me actually working more? Or is it worth, That's right. you know, hiring someone and then having to cut costs elsewhere? That's right. And, you know, on this theme, I was reading a quote from your from your dad said, uh, you know, show up, be humble, work hard, mm -hmm. hard work. Like for me, there I have a, I have a similar sort of theme and, and belief, which is there there is no substitute for hard work. But right. tell me what that means for you and how that's helped everyone around you at the shop kind of rally and uh, yeah, just show up and, and work hard. Yeah. He said that a few years ago. <laughs> I remember that <laughs> showing up's half the battle. That's uh -huh. what I say all the time. You know, you want to be on time. You're late. That's how we look at it. <laughs> yeah. But um, showing up, some people just don't do that anymore. Right. And hard work is just what's instilled with you. I mean, sometimes if your core values and your morals are at that point or hard work, 
that's all you're going to do. You're going to give 150% all the time. Anyone who's come in contact with me, any job that I've worked at is like, you go 200% at all times. When do you sleep? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, there's no, there's no time to sleep when you're a hard worker. <laughs> right. Sometimes you just can't shut the brain off. Right. Like I'm, I'm already on to the next thing and that's just who I am. But that was instilled from a young age. Anyone who has a restaurant knows there are no off days. There are you no miss, off days. You miss every family function. There's things you're going to miss. You might miss a highlight. Some of them, I, I'm pretty sure my dad almost missed me being born. Like, you know, there's some times in life where you just, you have no other option. Like the business has to run. A lot of my relatives literally plan occasions, weddings, family functions around pizza holidays. 100%. Like 4th of July. Christmas Day, like those are the only days. No one is getting married on a Friday. That is, that's that's the staple. No (laughs) one gets married on a Friday. Exactly. Like literally 4th of July. And and because I have so many family members and and relatives in the pizza space, the amount of weddings that happen in this like one day, it's kind of wild. But um, that uh, that resonates with me. Shifting gears a little bit. uh, Obviously, Louis and Ernie's look an iconic shop, iconic brand. And again, I want to talk a little bit about the sneaker uh, opportunity. But what do you think? Look, Thousands of pizza shops, uh, pizza shop owners, you know, whether they're launching their business this year or have been in business, I think everyone really aspires to to create an iconic local shop. Mm-hmm. What do you think has been the sort of secret to Louis and Ernie's success over the years? Is it, you know, the recipe? Is it the experience? Is like, what do you think? What do you think has made it um, sort of the shop and the brand that it is today? Well, they haven't really changed anything since <laughs> since day one, since yeah. they've worked there. Since the Bronx was the suburbs. <laughs> exactly. Since there was a horse outside, there yeah. definitely hasn't been much change. I know throughout the years, like my dad said, that, like they had the change, like they had the new, find a new flower. But that was like back, way yeah. back in the 80s when things were changing, mm-hmm. different companies were coming in. Yeah. But I think the whole thing they always say, and I, I kind of agree with them, is consistency. A lot of people try to do too much. Like my uncle has this, he says, oh, it's called kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> the kiss method. Yeah, yeah. kiss. <laughs> and I laugh at him all the time. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I agree with that, but it is true. We keep it very simple. We don't do any dinners. There's no salads, no anything else. Pizza. No frills. It's just pizza and yeah. very basic topics. Yeah. If we are going to sit there and we're going to talk about pizza, that's all we have. And that's that's what I think people know for. Like, so they're not going to come in and be like, oh, do you have a chicken parm sandwich? You didn't get into, you don't get into any of that. Nothing. We just mm. strictly do pizza and calzones. So mm. throughout the years, Ernie initially was deep frying calzones, cheese and ham and cheese. And we still do those, the yep. traditional, what we were known for. Throughout the years, we've added some calzones just to be like the more health conscious people that are out there. Yep. They want them baked. So that was like really in the early 2000s where we started adding things to our menu. But then it stopped. It really didn't hit too much back further. Back to Kiss. Yeah. yeah, we went right back to Kiss. And and it worked. It works for us. The people love it. And the consistency. So at that point, if we're keeping it simple, the consistency of the product, we're not changing anything. We don't skimp on the product. We're like, listen, if, if it's going to cost us money, we'd rather spend the money because at that point, you want to put out a good product. Of course. You don't want to start losing customer base and having them go other places just because you're trying to cut costs. So we will always 100% use the same products, no matter what the prices are. Yeah. And I think when when orders come in and the diversity of products uh, on the order isn't like wild, right? Because look, we see it all the time with Slice. Look at our data. In the same order, they'll, they'll order a fish or a burger and they'll order a pizza and they'll order, you know, a chicken roll and a salad. And it's like the effort and the complexity that it takes to deliver on that order from a shop is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. And But when your menu is really condensed and simplified, the effort you can put into the consistency, to your point, 
really is is optimized. And I mean, this is something that I've seen time and time again. Some of the best pizza shops in the world have some of the most condensed menus uh, that I've ever seen. And I think there is something to be said about that. Yeah, I think the best part about keeping the short condensed menu at that point is also you don't need to spend a lot of time making a pizza. Right. You can put a lot of love into it, but you're definitely not taking a long time trying to make it. So order times are shorter. Super, 15 minutes. Yeah. Your pie's done. Amazing. Yeah, 15, 20 minutes at most. Sometimes if it's busy, we get up to a half hour, yeah. but it just really is, depends on the day and the actual volume that's coming in. But if you move consistently fast, which we do, you're you're going to be able to turn over the product. But you just want to make sure that you're still giving out a, a decent product, of no course. matter no matter what. And you, and you're giving out the best quality product at the fastest you know fastest time, and and you win. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. And so in recent years, you've introduced your shop to some of the more modern tools. I think this is an important topic. By the way, this has nothing to do with slice auto. Right. You know, it's. Um, it's just something that I believe the industry has to go through this transformation in order to have a chance at continued success uh, looking forward. And so many owners hesitate, sometimes too long. I've seen institutions uh, that are super busy or have been super busy all of a sudden struggle because they took too long to go through that transition. You know, walk the audience through some of the things that you've done in recent years that have really paid off. Also, be good to hear some of some of the mistakes, some of the things we thought were going to work, but perhaps didn't. I think one of the biggest things that helped us was definitely starting up with Instagram, a website. That's how we connected, by yeah. the way. Thank Instagram. you for responding. It was like quick. Yeah, Instagram. I created our website. I learned in school a little bit how to do it, and I just kind of ran with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, we need some sort of website. How many people couldn't find directions as you know times were changing with the smartphones? Yep. We were just writing down on our notepad and pretty much if somebody called, I'm like, you know what? We need email. Uh-huh. I got us hooked up with an email. So it was just kind of bringing us into really the 21st century that allowed us to have a lot of accessibility, not only to people like you, but bigger brands throughout the years. That's how I got in touch with Fila. Uh-huh. We've had a Mercedes Benz commercial. Same thing. I, some, some things that have come through started with a phone call, but initially we needed our platform to really establish that relationship. Right. So- Definitely the Instagram, the email, the website, I think adding the apps throughout now, mm-hmm. adding the delivery service mm-hmm. has helped us a lot because there are a lot of people that don't drive yeah. or aren't in the area anymore. They want to have our pizza mm-hmm. and there's no parking. Right. <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people working from home and what they don't realize is us being in a very residential area, the cars aren't moving as much. That's right. Considering that they're all working from home. That's right. So parking's getting harder. Nobody yeah. wants those tickets. Yeah. So that has been a good plus for us. I think I think it's a smart move. I think delivery, yeah. absolutely, there's a segment of customers who will only order if, if the product can be delivered. Mm-hmm. There's a segment who will only pick up. And there's a segment that will do whatever they, they can just to get the, the food. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I think that has been the, the best part of us really adapting throughout the years. And then Amazing. this year... We've really incorporated, like we started our frozen pies, which was a Great. big, a big hit for us. At first, my dad used to make pizza for me in college. So he was like, oh. And, and send them over to you. He'd send them yeah. to me and he'd be like, oh, share them with your friends. And my friend's like, these are really good. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it beats Domino's at 1 a.m. It does. But then I, when I came back, I was like, okay, I need to figure out pretty much trial and error mm-hmm. how I can really start doing this. And it took off in the pandemic. 
I'm right? assuming you worked with Gold Belly services like that? Or? So initially we were going to do Gold Belly, but the volume that they asked for is Got astronomical. It. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's too much. I mean, being a, a small mom and pop place, like a lot of people right now are either using a second location to, do to really push out right. the pies. And I only have one. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. They They wanted 600 pies a week. I was oh like, Oof. I'm yeah. like, that's an overnight option. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was it was tough because I originally reached out to them during the pandemic when they were first getting started. And I was like, hey, let's do this. Yeah. And they were super receptive. Like, yeah, this is one of the oldest places. They only had four pizza places on there at the that's time. Right. So I wanted to do that, but it just didn't work out. So now I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I could figure it out on my own. Yeah. And it's hard, but we actually ended up signing a deal with UPS so we can uh, start nationwide shipping. That's amazing. Yeah. So I've been dealing with that on top <laughs> of Fila and everyone else. So, that's right. Yeah. It's been a, a cool transition. So that's like one of the things that I think where the generation now is going. Uh-huh. I think when you think about stuff that I didn't do, I just or wish even I Or even things was, you did that just, yeah. you know, didn't work out. Everything has been such a success. I know it sounds horrible, but (laughs) everything's been such a success that I feel like every, it's kind of like when one door closes, you know, another one's opening. Like I don't really stop. I mean, we had, I just finished selling out our croc line, like the croc gibbets. That was a huge success. So anything that really can push the brand and just market more in our own free way has been. I need, I need a set of the croc gibbets. Oh, I have. My daughter dies for them. I have. If you have them on you. Oh my God, that's amazing. Okay, there thank you go. so much. When I give her this, she will be. Yeah, no, floored. those. Thank those, you so much. Those were huge. So yeah. that that ended up. I was working with a company trying to get them done. Yeah. And they're like, "What? You you sell pizza?" I'm like, "You, you don't understand." I'm like, "I need I need the building. I need my logo." That's so, amazing. So like things that I work on throughout the years have now become like really full circle. Yeah. So let let's talk about it. So one, talk about the Croc uh, yeah. project. You've got the Mercedes Benz commercial. Yep. The Fila sneakers, which I cannot wait for my pair to show <laughs> up. But um, what is your approach to these opportunities? Is it is it just having an open mind? But you know, yeah. How do you how do you sort of um, how have you found success through these opportunities? I think that sometimes I see so many people throughout the day that I'm like, what's in? Like we sell a ton of T-shirts, so okay, you go into any pizza place, if they're like this novelty spot now, they're selling a t-shirt. I'm like, I want to be more than just a t-shirt. So then I started realizing, I'm like, comfort's in. I'm like, everyone's wearing Crocs. I'm like, we got to order these Croc gibbets. And then I see everyone coming in with all these different ones on. And I'm like, there's a market here. We're missing out. I'm like, I have to find a company. And then at that point, I just started Googling and Googling and, and really trying to find out where they were coming from, who I can get in contact with. And that's how I got that. I was like, you know what? Let's put it out there. And let's see if it sells. And we sold a couple hundred real quick. Incredible. That was really cool. And then even with Mercedes, a lot of people just reach out to us. They call. They're like, hey, you're going to be on this commercial. I'm like, we are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it was like, I think with Sloan Stevens and she was driving around the city and then they pull up in front of Louis and Ernie's. Oh, we're here. So it was just those little things throughout the years have definitely put us more on the map. And I feel like, you know, the Bronx sometimes gets left out. People don't want to drive all the way there unless they're going to a Yankee game. I thought Staten Island got left out. I'm no, from Staten Island. I think, I think the Bronx is more. I mean, it's yeah. definitely we get a lot of people going to the Yankee game. So that That's helps right. us. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes they don't want to come all the way there. So I'm like, all right, we have to stay pretty relevant, relevant. in yeah. a world where either there's a new pizzeria opening every day. They're offering more options than us. I'm like, and then the people that we do have coming in, I want to make sure that they're having a full blown experience, not only with good pizza, but they have something to go home with too. And this kind of like hit home for everybody. So if the kids are having the Crocs, mom's getting a t-shirt, 
you know, dad's grabbing a frozen pie for later on at 1 a.m. So like we kind of were able to have like all different demographics and then different ages come in and really incredible help us out. And so uh, this all led to this uh, sneaker line, which this is everlasting. This will be, you know, they're going to be around forever. Right. Uh, How did that come to be? Well, my staff, (laughs) oh, me transitioning over to making pizza, like we left like a little bit of a a hole to fill. Like they got some big shoes to fill. Yeah. They thought it was a prank phone call. So they were like, oh, Vic, I think somebody's on the phone. And a couple of months earlier, it was the same thing. I had someone reaching out as Ryan Seacrest because we did his morning show with Kelly Ripa. So yeah. I'm like, oh, no, guys. I'm like, is it really? Is it really someone? They like they say they're from Fila. I'm like, all right, give me the phone. <laughs> so initially I, I got on and I was like, oh, yeah, I was like a shoe. You guys and as a former athlete, I'm I mean, like, how oh, special. I love sneakers yeah. like that. My dad always says you got two feet, only two feet. <laughs> how do you have so many pairs of sneakers? Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So when they said, oh, we're going to create a shoe line, we're going to pick one pizzeria from each borough and you're going to be it for the Bronx. I'm like, wait, like a real sneaker? And they're like, yeah, 100%. I said, okay. I'm like, I need an official letterhead. I said, I want to make yes. sure that this is actually a real deal. I'm like, I want to know that, you know, this isn't a prank phone call. And within 24 hours, like it was sent to our email. And I was like, wow. So my uncle got on the phone and he actually ended up speaking to them and was like, you're making a sneaker? Because everyone was a little like lost at what their actual idea of the project mm-hmm. was. Meanwhile, I saw it right away. I'm like, this is great. I'm yeah. like, people love sneakers. People love pizza. Yep. And it's just part of culture now. And with the comfort culture being in, people just, they they buy shoes and I always say they stock and they rock. They're either wearing a pair and they're storing a pair. So that's all people do now. That's right. And then there's like this huge resale market. So I'm like, if there's only a certain amount being made, people are going to buy them and just hope that they're going to be worth something when I hit my hundred years. I don't think anyone's going to turn down pizza themed sneakers, especially from a brand like Fila. Um, oh, yeah. And so uh, what an amazing. Did you have any creative uh, input into the into the end product? Yeah. So they were actually really hands on from us from the beginning. They allowed us to pick out of which four styles of the shoe we wanted. We were mm. able to add our color input. So the shoe itself is red, white and green, which a lot of people are like, oh, it's the Italian flag. Yes, it's essentially. But we also have a huge neon in front of our store. It's the Louis and Ernie's. Yeah, it's colors. the Leonardo's yeah. colors. Yeah. Like, that's just what we are. So yeah. that was a fun uh, tribute. I'm a big, like I said, sneaker person. I love Jordans, although it's Nike, but I love <laughs> Jordans. And they always had these clear bottoms. And I was like, it would be really cool to have this clear bottom under the shoe. Yeah. Same idea, this iced out blue and have our pretty much store be on the bottom of the shoe. I'm like, yeah. that's great. Because I, I initially I was like, oh, Instagram beneath your soul. I'm already like brainstorming yeah. all of the hashtags I could do. And that's I was my like, favorite feature is the the store at the on the bottom of the sole. And I yeah. wanted to make sure that I got the picture right before Sandy, because at that point, all four signs like that we had were still up outside. And once Sandy came, they blew down and we never really put them back up. Yeah. We kind of left them alone. And I was like, I need to find that picture. So that was it. That was a big pivotal part of like, I wanted to make sure the shoe had balance. I wanted to get something that was old school. Amazing. And at the end of the day, I wanted it to stick out. Yeah. So that was my like, definitely my favorite part. Cause now everyone just holds up the shoe outside. <laughs> How many customers have shown up with shoes on? A I lot actually this lot. week, yeah. these past two weeks. Yeah. I feel like everyone now has had the, you know, the hype coming and then they're outside taking pictures who's showing me their shoe. So the big thing now is that I'm planning like a little bit of a party for all the people that bought the shoes. That's amazing. Yeah. So I want to do like a little community. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cause People bought them just if they're fans of the Bronx. They bought if they're fans of Louis and Ernie's fans pizza, of pizza in general. Yep. I got a guy who bought all five. 
He's never even been to, to yeah. the L4. He's never been to Staten Island. Never been there. Never even never even knew the bridge was there. Yeah. But he he was like, I'm buying all of them. Yeah. He's like, it's timeless. Yeah, and, it is timeless. And people realize that. So yeah. that was like, I think, really, really cool now just seeing people wear my shoe. Because I went into Foot Locker. I'm like, do you have my shoe? Yeah. <laughs> the lady was like, excuse me? Yeah. She had no idea. She had no idea. And then she was like, oh, my God, you're the fourth person this morning asking about this shoe. Oh, how special is that? And I'm like, well, I designed it. I'm like, well, it's my pizzeria. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. They're like, well, now we know the face, the name. And they're like, yeah. hello. So it was that was a really cool moment, like, to be able to go into a Foot Locker and say, hey, Where's this shoe? As soon as my pair is delivered, I'm coming by for an autograph on my, on my <laughs> 100%. Yeah. There's been a few of those too. Yeah. Hey, when are you guys all going to be there? Can you sign our shoe? Yeah. What do you think of this? Uh, one of my beliefs is that um, in order for independent pizza shops to continue to find success, uh, they have to continue to nurture sort of this community aspect of, uh, of independence. Not to say that, you know, everyone needs to be best friends, but... We've got to consistently learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, um, the hurdles or the challenges become become too steep. What are your thoughts on the general pizza community? You know, given that you've got these five shops all represented with this one one initiative from Fila, do you find more value in in staying close to other shops, or is it more competitive? Where do you think that that aspect of the pizza industry is heading? I think that truthfully, truthfully, I think that I'm like a little bit of a pizza snob now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I no, I love trying other people's pizza, so. Yeah. Even for me, I, in the Bronx itself, I have my places where I like to go and I'm not eating my pizza. Yeah. I think my dad thinks I'm a little crazy because they only <laughs> eat their pizza. Him and my uncle, they, that's it. Old school. Old, old school, their yeah. pizza. Why am I going somewhere else? But, you know, they've, they've understand that I like to go out and try new places and see what all the hype is about. Because, like I said, a new pizzeria opens every day. I went already to all of the pizzerias. I've been to them. From the sneaker. Yeah. 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 So... Some of them I've done just throughout the years. And then I actually, the last one I only had to do was Slice and Astoria. And yeah. I did that a couple of weeks ago. And it was cool. I just wanted to try them all out. And fit, say I've had all of them. And it was it was good. Yeah. I wasn't like sold. It's not my favorite pizza place. Yeah. But Slice is more of a, a of a known brand because of the owner. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a little. And their, their food is good. But the, yeah, the owner the is a very. The ambiance was pr- really cool. Exactly. Yeah. Lee's Tavern is incredible. I, I love Lee Stafford. Yeah. It's good. close to me. Yeah. It's probably 10 minutes away. Yeah, I've been out to Staten Island a couple of times. So. <laughs> Next time you come out, we, we've got to have... Yeah, we've got to do like a little bit of a pizza tour. But yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It was... All of them were good. Ruperosa, obviously, themselves, mm-hmm. they kind of have always a notorious following. Yeah. So throughout the year, it's been cool to finally figure out who the other four were. Because for a while, I didn't even know you who they no were. Idea. Yeah. No. That's they wouldn't, they, no one knew who the other four were. So I was trying to like figure it out through social media. And then like some of the big names that you thought would have been on there weren't. So right. I was, they were getting no's. And I'm like, well. Interesting. I'm like, probably because they thought they were prank phone calls. <laughs> like, in my <laughs> right. mind, I'm like, I'm, I was probably the same person. But it's it's cool because I like to really branch out. and. I love that. I mean, I look, I think my favorite part about this conversation and meeting you and uh, what you've been able to do with Louis and Ernie's is. It just shows how powerful it can be uh, when someone just embraces exactly who they are. And even if they are small scale, even if it's just one shop, there's unlimited potential as long as you embrace who you are, stay consistent and uh, and have an open mind to trying to trying different things. Because I think just so many people are always concerned about, hey, uh, in order for me to be relevant, I need to be at the scale of Papa John's. I need to open up 100 shops. While that's a path. It doesn't mean that having one shop limiting in any way, shape, or form. It right. actually can be incredibly powerful. I would love to open my own. It's always been yeah. like 
a dream of mine. But now I'm just kind of more embracing the idea that, you know, being where I am now is kind of where I have to be. Yeah, for now. For now. I mean, it's never, never, like, I'm never going to say, oh, I won't do it. But I think right now, just like establishing myself, being where I'm at, being a woman in pizza, like the only one in the Bronx. I haven't ran into one yet in the Bronx, just me. It's probably true. You're probably the only operator. So at this point, it's been like a really cool experience. But the more places I go, the more I'm able to really like, I kind of steal ideas from everyone. Because especially when you're going and you're seeing these places, you're trying new foods out. I'm like, oh, I like this. I don't like that. I like so much inspiration. Yeah, I just it all flows, and then I don't, I don't forget anything. I'm like an elephant, so I'm like, I go to all these places, and I just try to like always just store stuff in the back of my mind. I'm like, all right, this place did that, and then my dad be like, did you go here? I'm like, yep, went there, been there, done that. Anytime anyone asks about pizza, he's like, go talk to my daughter. Yeah, yeah. Let's fast forward five years. What's uh, what does the future hold for Louis and Ernie's? Is it more stores? I'm excited for you because I do think you'll be an incredible uh, shop entrepreneur and owner and operator. I'm sure you'll have many locations. But for Louis and Ernie's, what do you think is uh, what do you think is the future? <sighs> Every day is just <laughs> I think I've never actually been asked five years, five years from now. I think my dad will be retired. OK, um, so he still spends a lot of time at the shop. Yeah, he's he's transitioning. Yeah, he's definitely taking his time off. Um, I know. I know what that's like. Just enough to be dangerous. Yeah. He's, he's there enough he, to create he, problems. No, he's, not, he's definitely not a problem. He's definitely not that. He's a very quiet man. I'm um, joking. Yeah. No, he's, he's very simple. He just, yeah. he comes to work, he puts his head down, he does it and he goes yeah. home. Uh, I definitely think by five years from now, I think that's, he'll be on his way mm. to retiring, which yeah. at that point he'll almost be at 50 years there. Yeah. So it's a long time. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, we need like a pizza hall of fame. We were inducted. Yeah. There is one. Really? Yeah. Like an actual for for operators? Yeah, there's one. I think it's a, well, I know a magazine runs it. It's a PQM oh, magazine. Oh, P- PMQ. It. PMQ, that's yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. They run it. I have to look this out. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, we, uh, we were inducted in the December class of this last oh, year. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so that's that amazing. Was, we had to get like all the archives of okay. all the I got to go check this out. Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. Yeah. So there is something of that yes. already, but uh, there's like a bunch of questions too. Like you have to be operating for over 40 years. Like there's a lot of different, I like that. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's definitely some credentials along yeah. the way. So it can't just be anybody. But yeah, I think five years from now, he'll probably be retired. I'll be more of, a, I guess, taking over yeah. for him in a different Congratulations. sense. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And then my uncle, he's got three girls. So and they're all in college right now. He's got a little one. Uh-huh. Um, she's in high school. But for him, I can't really speak for him. I think he's still got he's younger. So he's got right. some time left in him. But I could see him transitioning out, too, and having maybe one of his daughters take over with me. Very cool. Yeah, that would kind of be like a full circle. Family aspect. Yeah. So it's it's definitely I think five years from now we'll both be, you know, at different stages of the game. I'll be much older too. So (laughs) if (laughs) I five years older. Yeah, five years older, but (laughs) your body it takes a toll on the body. Those 14 hour days definitely start to creep up real quick. But yeah, no, I think that Louis and Ernie's will still be in its only sole location. And I think that the brand itself be on its way to 100 years at that point. So. I mean, the brand is is yeah. established and it's and never iconic. leaving. Yeah. Last question for you is: What is one piece of advice you would leave all of the pizza shop operators um, or employees who are listening? What is the one most important piece of advice you'd give somebody who's either operating or looking to operate a shop? I would say take the leap of faith. Like, just throw it out there. I always say, if you have nothing left. You're just going to give everything you got, no matter what. I think a lot of people doubt themselves throughout the years if they want to start something or be a small business owner. I think that a lot of people spend too much time doubting themselves and actually making a plan. 
stick to the plan and just execute it because practice makes perfect. Yeah. If you're going to sit there and you're going to invest in yourself, that's the best thing that you could do. Just do it. Just do it. Kind of like the, the Nike. Yeah. Cap. You know, in between just do it and just just be you. Because you. if, if you're yourself, people are going to like you. Just don't morph into anything that you're not that you're not. Too many people are trying to be somebody else in, in somebody else's industry. And if you have something that works for you, like us, we're we're known for our sausage pie. I'm not gonna go and try to be mm. anybody else and yeah. make like this ridiculous pepperoni pie. Like just be you. Be what you got, show them what you got, and that's really it. Don't look back. So so you are our first guest in our second season of the podcast. In our first season, we had some amazing pizza shop operators, successful people in the industry. And I've asked them very similar questions. It is amazing how consistent that the most successful operators say that the secret to success is authenticity, Mm -hmm. being yourself and taking sort of that that leap of faith in the idea that you have or creating the product that you really want. Because too many people just go look around what others are doing and they just try and copy it. And copies are never quite as good as the as the original. And so put in the work. Yeah. If you're not willing to work, it's never going to work out. Yeah. I think mostly now what I'm seeing with a lot of pizzerias and people that are retiring, because this year alone, New York City is flooded with people that are retiring and new guys are coming Mm -hmm. in and opening up. I think a lot of people want to be like absentee owners, which sounds great on paper, but the reality is that there's no such thing. Exactly. You have to be there 100 percent. Yeah. Otherwise, somebody else is is really running what you what you deserve. That's right. Well, look, we have a team of uh, almost 900 people. There's no such thing as absentee owner. Yep. With 900 people, yeah, um, no. you know, we're we're here. I got nine, and that's enough for me. <laughs> Some days yeah. I'm like, whew. Now again, it's a choice. Like, if you want to be special and you want to be great, there's no such thing as absentee. By the way, there's not right or wrong, but you can't be there sometimes, right? Uh, or casually run a shop and expect greatness. Those two things almost rarely come together. I agree. So it's about, you know, who do you want to be? If you want to be great, you've got to, you got to put in the work, show up and be humble. (laughs) Good way to leave it off. That is a great way to leave it off. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Of course.